Woke up this morning, none on the rising sun. Three little birds upon my doorstep. Anybody who know that motherfucking song, you feel the vibes. You understand the great Bob Marley, one of the greatest to ever do what he did, reggae music, but transcended even that genre. Everybody loved Bob because Bob was the motherfucking truth. And I was singing some of his lyrics because it's a mood. It's a state of mind. It is love. It is consciousness. You wake up in the morning and you're not bogged down by the negativity, perceived negativity of the internet, perceived negativity of circumstances, which logically, ladies and gentlemen, we all understand the only constant in life is change. If it's bad weather in your life right now, it's a season. It will pass. And Bob had the awareness in the moment where he was writing that song, where he could capture that energy, capture that realization. He woke up and he just noticed those birds that was chirping in front of his crib. That's that's life, baby. That's life. I hope you're aware of the motherfucking birds. Listen, man. I'm not saying go outside and go try to talk to the birds. I do that from time to time. I go outside and I'll hear the birds whistling. It's like a weird habit I have and I'll whistle back. That's my level of confidence, ladies and gentlemen. I think I could just guess the language of the birds and communicate with them. That is also interesting to me. Like (laughs) I just got a thought about people in the past who trained birds, like bird couriers. And the birds would go long distances and carry a fucking message to the intended target. And then the bird would come back like, how the fuck? You know what I mean? I always believe that that is those types of skills, those types of magical abilities that human beings tend to express. That is just adapting to environments. In those times, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no Wi-Fi. There was no interwebs. There were no cell phones. And people were people. We were, they were human beings. They was going to find a way. And somebody out there had the time, the energy, the focus, and more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, the belief that they could grab a pigeon and put a fucking note under his foot and eventually teach that pigeon to go to the intended target and come back. Very fucking interesting. Um, do you, you think that's possible in, in this day and age? For people to develop those types of creative solutions with all the answers being given by the, you know, the inundation of of fucking information on the internet, all these instructional videos. I, I say this is my Sunday message. This is my message to you. I'm sending out the birds to your doorstep. Receive it if you like. Put down all the information for a moment. Take a break from Google, take a break from the internet and think inwardly and inwardly find your solution. I'm a man of great superstition, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Puerto Rican. And I love superstition, not because I give power to events over God. It's not because I give power to perceive coincidences. It's because it's a very fun way to perceive reality, to observe things that are super, that are outside the realms of the way that we're logically trained as human beings in this physical reality to place belief in things that may be minuscule, that may be coincidental, that may 
have nothing to fucking do with an intended outcome. But to have that scope and that vision, I think it's, it's beneficial because it is about belief. It is about belief. It is about believing. And I, I really truly believe the man that says he can and the man that says they can't, they're both usually right. I really do believe that shit. Um, what the fuck am I talking about? I'm starting early. I'm starting early. I'm starting early. But that's my advice to you. Go, go and look inward. Get away from all the answers and source those answers inward. I brought up superstition because I got a great message. There's messages all around you. There's answers all around you. Everybody has a lesson to teach you. Everything has a lesson to teach you. Once again, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not saying go in front of your house and try to communicate verbally with pigeons. I'm not saying go that motherfucking far. What I am saying is that if you have a positive outlook on life, if you interpret things through a lens of positivity, I believe that bears positive fruit. I believe that you will then be able to source information and answers from places that maybe the consensus hasn't caught up that these are these are places to find answers. I was eating Chinese food. <laughs> and when you buy Chinese food, the Chinese are very intelligent. They say, let me just give you all the motherfucking value. It's not just going to be great food. It's not just going to be amazing comfort food, delicious, nutritious. They got the vegetables. You got the noodles. You got the MSG. I don't know if that really helps you, but it tastes really good, right? It puts you in a good state of being a nice mood. And on top of that, they say, let's throw some, the essence of magic. That's the X factor there. That's what they just sprinkle some magic and they give you a fortune cookie. And I remember I cracked open this fortune cookie and it says, you will find your solution where you least Expect it. You will find your solution. What kind of fortune is that? Chinese restaurant? Cliffhanger? Deep philosophical journey? Another motherfucking rabbit hole for a superstitious young man to fall down? Wasting his goddamn time, scratching his nuts, sitting in a thinker pose, taking long shits, Googling, looking for why why are we here? What is the meaning of life? No. You can look it through a positive lens and just like think about that for a second. I meditated on it, ladies and gentlemen. The conclusion I came to is the place that we least suspect to find answers is inside. We already have the answers. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to motherfucker hear that. Nobody wants to believe that they're already who they need to be to get what they want. But that is, in fact, the truth. And when you put on those goggles, not beer goggles, when you apply that filter, not the make me pretty filter. When you look through the scope of positivity and you become a master of your own mind and cut out all of the things that are not supporting your vision, you will see that the answers are all around you. I appreciate that fortune cookie. Now, there may be some people listening to the greatest podcast ever motherfucking created. That's a motherfucking answer. You know what I'm saying? It's it's up for debate. It's up for debate. Um, Anybody who's a fan of this podcast may be saying, Matt... Are you telling me to invest my belief into a little piece of paper that was stuffed into a fortune cookie? Matt, are you thinking logically? Don't you understand that maybe they are appealing to the natural childlike dreaming state of mind of every man, woman and child and just trying to to close that sale so that you come back and buy more Chinese food? Matt, have you lost your goddamn mind? Maybe I need to lose my mind because I think... I think, I believe 
that that fortune cookie was telling me the truth. And I believe the same for anybody who's a listener to the Nothing Important Podcast. Everybody has desires. Everybody has wants. I really even, I go deep on that. I don't think in terms of corruption, I don't think in terms of evil. I try to understand that everybody's wants are okay. Everybody has wants. And through the purification, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do the purification. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Um, no, I, I, I really do believe the answers are inside. And people don't like to hear that because we're trained to look for salvation externally. Everybody wants salvation externally. Everybody wants a force outside of themselves to provide them with what they're supposed to be doing, with how they're supposed to act, with the rules of engagement in this game we call life. But that's, a, that's an illusory nature. That's not real. It's not real. As you grow as a human being, as you gain wisdom, as you age, which we all do, we can't stop it. With that, naturally, you accumulate more memories, more information, more experience. And that informs one that there are no rules. There are no rules. There are no... I'm getting a fucking blender noise in the background, ladies and gentlemen. You see what I'm saying? I'm trying to be inspirational in the beginning of this podcast, at the start of this podcast, and chaos erupts. I got a baby in the living room. I got some blending going on, but I'm going to roll with the motherfucking shit. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not going to roll in the shit. I'm going to roll with the shit. I really do believe all of the answers that you seek are within. Do I have a turban on? Am I from India? Do I have a red dot on my third eye? No, ladies and gentlemen. But... It's the truth. The truth is the truth is the truth. Three little birdies on my motherfucking doorstep. Not a quinky dink, right? Um. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. I think anybody that's listening right now is in a good mood too. Am I right? How correct am I? How good of a mood are you in? What is good? More motherfucking questions. I like the concept of meditation and the ways that I've been educated on them. I'm not like a master of meditation, but I've been introduced to probably the two most prevailing forms of meditation in this modern day. The first of which is kind of like this universally understood breathing, eyes closed, peaceful environment, trying to clear the mind trying to achieve mental silence, to be an observer, to not be your thoughts, to not be your body for a moment, to not be your circumstance, your memories, your external environment, to release from all of these things for a moment and rest and observe. And I think that is a beautiful way to meditate. I also enjoy active meditation, which is like yoga, or I even think working out is active meditation. It is putting your body through Something that is a microcosm for what happens naturally all around us. It is transformation. When you exercise, you are transforming your physiological nature. You are healing yourself. You got the blood pumping. You're growing muscles. You're burning fat. You're transforming yourself in that moment. And that is a beautiful form of meditation as well. I think if you combine a little bit of both of those in your motherfucking day, then maybe you can get back to my concept of the fortune cookie. You can, you can understand what I'm talking about. You can understand what I'm talking about. Eh, maybe. Um, 
What has everybody been up to? What has everybody been up to? I think lately I've been thinking that everybody wants the same things. I really do believe this. If you broke it down to its simplest form, if you take that large, complex dream that an individual may have, the visions that they have for their future, the ways that they understand prosperity, they understand uh, financial prosperity, health, wealth, freedom. If you broke all those factors down to their simplest form, I think those are concepts that universally every human being desires. And me having the lens of positivity, not the beer goggles, but the positive goggles on, I believe that that is where we're heading as a people. Might not be apparent as we speak. It feels like, it looks like, it smells like there's a lot of division, there's a lot of disagreement, there's a lot of pettiness, there's a lot of binary, I hate you, you hate me. Not a lot of Barney. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. There's a, it, it feels like you turn on the television, you turn, you go on the internet. That's what it feels like. But once again, you have that decision in your life where you can continue to base your perception of reality on the external world, or you can listen to that fortune cookie that says you will find your answer where you least expect it inside. You have the answer. You have the answer. Let's try to break that down. You always hear rich and famous people try to talk to the masses of people who are not rich and famous. You hear this almost out of every person who has achieved all of their material success dreams. You hear them say, this does not guarantee happiness. I wish everybody could experience being rich to understand that it ain't ain't everything. You hear people say this and from a negative perspective, from somebody that is in a place of lack, whether that be financially, whether that be a lack of information, lack of answers, maybe they're in a negative environment, that always gets cut and goes through the filter and the message gets lost and people just say, yeah, you're just saying that. You're just fucking saying that. Give me $10 million, I'll be happy. I tend to believe what these people who are successful and on the other side the smaller percentage of the population that actually achieves success, I think what they're trying to express is that, yes, it's okay to strive and to achieve, but that's not the meaning of why we're here. That is not going to give you what you think it's going to give you. I love this album. Everybody loves J. Cole. Everybody loves J. Cole. Who don't like J. Cole? Who does not like J. Cole? I even think his haters love him. I really do believe that. (laughs) My favorite album from him is not, in my opinion, his greatest album, but it's my favorite. It's an album called K.O.D. And the concept of this album is very deep. On the surface, it appears to be an album just plainly describing to people through the lens of a genius artist that life inherently gives you pain. It's part of life and human beings have a million routes to cope with that inherent pain and the message, the overall message on the surface, he's saying, choose wisely and through the songs, very intelligent, well done, well executed concept album. He is giving through every song kind of like uh, in the way that music can do a 
experiential view of all the things that you can use to get you high in this lifetime. The ways that we can just plug ourselves into the internet or unplug from reality using some type of substance or blind ourselves with something that is pure and is beautiful like love. But the ways that we use these things as drugs to escape. And I love that album. That's my favorite album for that reason. Because on the surface it's genius. But when you get deeper into what it is. It is really something that is more spiritual. It is more. I feel like. The thread. The common golden thread that is woven through every religion. Every spirituality. Uh, every attempt of a human or a culture of people and ethnicity or regional uh, consensus to uh, get closer to the divine, to get closer to God. And the way I interpreted this album, you know, he has this thing. He's like, I know heaven is a mind state. I've been a couple times. He said, but I keep falling, dying. I keep falling and dying. And what the way I interpret that is the same way many spiritualities, many religions, many philosophical um, methodologies kind of try to guide people into understanding that it isn't so much your material reality. It isn't so much your external environment. It isn't so much these places where you can plateau for a while of status and this staircase that we're all trying to build to heaven. You know, this material financial success or achieving your dreams, those things are extremely important to pour a lot of focus and energy in in this life. You want to find your purpose. You want to succeed, but that's not heaven. Heaven is a mind state and it is proven. I talked in, I think it was the last podcast or the one before that, where I was saying the mentality in this country for the time being is broken. I think it's very obvious to everybody who pays attention even a little bit, how we have so much resource, how we have so much of the bare necessities met in America. We have food. Nobody's really starving. We have, if you look around, shelter. We have you know, everything that a lot of other places around the world look at and they say, that's all I need. That's all I want. They desire the bare minimum of what you get in this nation. But the mentality that gets produced in this country circulates around lack, even though we have. And that puts people in a place of even if they have enough food, even if they have their health, even if they have the potentiality and the, I don't even know if that's a fucking word, the potential and the... um the ability to be healthy and live a long life and make the right choices, the prevailing mentality seems to be everybody is not happy with what they have. Everybody wants more. We're all looking. We're all looking. We're all searching. Maybe it's we already have it. Maybe you already have it. Maybe all these things you're looking for is not what you really think you're fucking looking for. Maybe you just need to close your eyes and breathe in and out. Maybe you just need to eat a little bit better. Maybe you just need to work out. And then you can take care of the rest of that stuff. That's all, you know, human ambition. That's all applying your will. That's all the growth of humanity. Yes, cool money. Yes, cool success. Yes, cool status. Yes. But 
Are you right with yourself? Do you love yourself? Everybody want love from the world. Do you love yourself? Everybody wants recognition. Do you recognize yourself? Everybody want answers from everybody. Do you have the answers for yourself? Does it make fucking sense? I think it makes motherfucking sense. I'm opening up a Chinese restaurant. I'm going to have the best fortune cookies. The fortunes are going to be incredible. They're not going to be this, this rabbit hole that the Chinese restaurant threw me on. This, this wild goose chase. You will find your solution where you least expect it. Oh my God, it's like a fucking horoscope reading. I can apply a billion meanings to that. Beautiful, yes, I have the lenses of positivity. That's why I applied a positive meaning to that. But my fortunes will be much more direct. I'll give people dates and times when things will happen. <laughs> Imagine. Um, yeah, man. I just, I, I'm falling in love and I think that's a beautiful thing, right? To fall in love many times in this life. When you say that, people automatically think relationship. Man, woman, 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 man, 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 was a woman with a woman that is now a man. You understand what I'm saying? It's like there's a lot of, that's not the only way you can fall in love in this life. I am falling in love with a concept of awareness and understanding that that is really what heals. It's really it, to, to heal your mind, to purify your thought. Because without that, if you have an unhealthy mind, it doesn't matter how great your circumstances. You could have $10 billion, but if you believe everybody hates you, that's the universe that you exist in. If you believe you're not good enough, no amount of money is going to prove that otherwise. If you believe... If you believe, is this prosperity preaching? Where are my motherfucking donations? Um, no, you get it. I think everybody gets it. What am I talking about? 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 I'm, talking about? I'm, I'm flicking lint in the sky. That's what I'm doing. It's Sunday, carefree, birds on the doorstep. Bob Marley. Listen to some Bob Marley. Listen to some Bob Marley. If you feel sick, if you feel depressed... This is my, my uh, medical advice. This is not medical advice. This is my medical advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. This is not medical advice. Go bite an apple. Go bite an apple. I know what the Bible says. They said, don't eat the apple. But this is not the Garden of Eden anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Apples are delicious and they are also nutritious. I think that is a metaphor for something. We are machines. We're, we're, we're spirits. We're souls, but we're locked in a machine. Are you taking care of your machine? You know if you don't change your engine oil, the car's going to fuck up. Are you changing your engine oil? Skip a couple meals, go bite an apple, and tell me that you could even try to muster up negativity and depression. It's not possible. It's not possible. That's how reality works. You eat something that is bad, whether that be food, whether that be energy, whether that be information, you will be sick. You will start to display over time symptoms that express to your consciousness something ain't right adversely on the other side. If you eat healthy, if you exercise, if you seek out positive information, if you reciprocate that and you put out positive information, if you believe somebody else's intentions are good and you make your intentions good, then your reality reflects that. And that goes in every fucking extreme. I'm not negating the fact that there are negative people, that there are harmful people on this planet. 
I'm saying that you could really exist in a bubble of intel- an intelligent amount of ignorance. One of the biggest, biggest pieces of advice I ever got, I remember I was going through an extremely horrible time in my life, moving out of Los Angeles, probably the worst time of my life. And I went to go speak with somebody who was wise and um, they helped me. And, you know, after whatever happened, they explained to me, right now you need to create a bubble of positivity around you. So even the people that come to you with negativity, you need to reform that in your brain and turn that into a positive. You can only take everything as a positive right now. And that's what's going to heal you. And I think people need to apply that a lot more. Not taking things personal, not thinking everything is an attack on them, even if it is. Even if it is, it can only benefit you to see the world in aid to to oneself. It can only benefit you to see the love in everybody and to love everybody. I'm not saying be a motherfucking idiot. I'm not saying go and go where you're not wanted. And you know what I'm saying? You don't go into the lions then and say, lions, I love you. And expect them not to motherfucking eat. You know, I get it. You get it. What I am saying is apply a level of positive filter in your life and your life becomes more positive. Instead of focusing on whatever negative that you meditate on, look at the birdies. The birdies are beautiful. My baby's crying in the living room. See, I'm not going to I'm not going to meditate on the fact that my baby just she's 2 years old and she just cries and cries and cries. I'm joking. Um Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to do something I haven't done in a couple episodes. I'm going to start reading the motherfucking news because the news ain't all bad. You want to see how magic works? Magic works like this. It's like I can see only positive and experience only positive because I choose to see things through a lens of positivity. That's how it happens. Let's try it out. Let's go on Google. Let's go on Google. Let's see what the fuck is going on. All right. Raptors, Lakers. They know I like basketball. You see my Lakers. Ladies and gentlemen, does anybody witness in my Lakers? Chemistry is an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing. If we're going to talk about metaphors, we're going to have a philosophical angle on every goddamn thing. Nothing important podcast. Get used to it. Understand. Chemistry is just one of those microcosms that express something that is universally occurring in nature. When things work, they just work. It just falls into place. When things don't work, you could continue trying to, or you could just take the path of least resistance and figure out what's working. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about my goddamn Lakers. Lakers was not looking good. They was not looking good. They were out of the playoff race. They, everybody was shitting on the Lakers. Everybody was witnessing LeBron be LeBron motherfucking James and still got the critiques and they still got the, oh, man, man, and all these, you know what his name should be? LeBron Asterix James. Because that's what his career has been. It's like the guy has done fucking everything and everybody just loves to drop that asterisk right after his name. But, but it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. And the fate of the Lakers has just shifted Completely, And it's a beautiful thing to witness because it's an example of when things work, they just work. There's no need to overanalyze it. Rob Palinka, Rob Palinka, get this guy a motherfucking crown. He made some trades. 
he saw some players and he was like, yeah, we could take that. And he made it a big boy decision. He's like, yo, let's do this. And he did it. And look at them now. You know, I, I, I'm not going to foresee anything. I'm just going to watch. I'm being observed and watching unfold. But I love the Lakers. I love the, Le- the LeBron Lakers. And they're playing incredible. And I got high hopes. I got high hopes. I got high hopes. You guys like when I sing to you? What else is going on? It's just like all basketball. All, ba- all right. DeSantis has enhanced, not weakened African-American studies. I'm not going to motherfucking get into politics. Grizzlies math challenge. Test your IQ. Improve your genius by moving just one matchstick in 15 seconds. Clickbait. Another bloody brawl at Southern Raceway. I'm choosing not to engage with the negativity, ladies and gentlemen. Panama City Beach passes beach alcohol curfews for spring break. I like this. I like this, ladies and gentlemen. There ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of alcohol. We could blame it on the goose. You could blame it on the henny. But it ain't their fault. They just, they just them. Alcohol is just alcohol. It is what it is. You can't attribute, a, 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 you know, a spirit to the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? It is what it motherfucking is. Drink responsibly. I love it. Panama City is saying we're going to take that one step further. Panama City Beach. Everybody knows Panama City Beach. This is a spring break destination. It is a place with beautiful, crystal clear water and Delicious white sand beaches and a whole bunch of motherfucking hoes if it's the right time of the goddamn year. Young people go over there to potentially spread their seed and repopulate the earth. That's the point of Panama City Beach spring break. And what happens in Panama City Beach? Don't stay in Panama City Beach. Everybody, you know, got got those those video cassettes growing up. You know what I'm saying? Girls going wild. It gets crazy. It gets motherfucking crazy. Let's see what Panama City Beach is deciding to do. Panama City Beach continues to add new rules for spring breakers. The popular spring break destination on Thursday officially enacted a curfew for a specific section of the beach. The section of the beach running from Boardwalk Beach Resort to Churchwell Drive will be closed from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. I agree with this, ladies and gentlemen. I think there's a time, but more importantly, a place for everything. The time is your early 20s, your late teens to act like a motherfucking moron. I think that kids need that to process their fucking the madness of life to go and put all types of, you know, alcoholic substances and whatever else they're putting in their body, hopefully not motherfucking fentanyl. But whatever else they're ingesting, you need that when you're young. It's called experimentation. It's called experience. You get it out of your system. So when you're 50 years old, you don't dye your hair red and get a motorcycle, start wearing leather and leave your wife. That's important. The section, excuse me, the curfew. um, That's so stupid. Why would you do a curfew when everyone comes here to have fun? Quoted one spring breaker. Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's a microcosm for something that larger at play. I don't like when the news infantilizes adults. I think information should be, you know what I'm saying? Untampered with. I I get tired when I turn on a news station and they give you their opinion while they're just telling you what's going on. And it's gotten too far. I think there's a lot of examples that I'm not going to sit here and mention, but we all see it on either side. Stop giving opinions. Just say exactly what happened and allow the adult to take that information and to do with it 
what they will in their own brain because they're an adult. Now, understand information is for adults. Children need education. And the people who go to Panama City Beach for spring break, hopefully they're all children. I know there's a couple creeps, but most of those people are children. And children should not be designating the rules for how they're going to go and burn their brain cells. So I understand why this young spring breaker is saying, a curfew? That's stupid. But it's important that the elders, the lawmakers, the people who uh, contribute tax dollars into Panama City Beach, the people who try to keep that area as safe as possible, implement logical rules so that these kids don't get out of fucking hand because they are going there to have fun. Too much of a good thing is bad. Panama City Beach also banned the sale of alcohol from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m. This is just teaching kids that you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you didn't plan ahead, don't expect when it's time to motherfucking party to enjoy the fruits of your labors. Go buy that shit at 1 a.m. Go stock up. That's very fucking intelligent. Because if you run out of alcohol at 2 a.m., I think that's... The, ladies and gentlemen, that should be, that should be enough. Should be enough. Um, they outlawed the consumption of alcohol on the beach itself, among other spring break laws the city is enforce, enforcing during March. The new rules and enforcement are an intent to crack down on what officials say lawless spring break in 2022, where 160 people were arrested and nearly 80, including nearly 80 from Alabama. So they, okay, somebody doesn't like Alabama. I don't know why you had to talk about where most of the people that were getting arrested came from. Uh, these new rules and increased enforcement of city ordinances already on the books could mean as much as a $500 fine for offenders or even jail time. Is that really going to deter people with a lot of alcohol in their body? No, but you have to put rules in place if you want things. It's always that balance. You know what I'm saying? Freedom is extremely important, but for individuals that don't think there needs to be rules and that believe total anarchy should be the prevailing mentality in America, I can't really vibe with that. I can't really understand that. There needs to be rules in place. If you don't believe me, go on your TikTok and just scroll. And then you'll start to see the mentalities that exist in this country. <laughs> and tell me those people don't need motherfucking rules. If you purchase a product or register from an account through one of the links on our site, we may receive... What the fuck? They just do an ad right at the end. I don't even know what they do. Okay. Sorry to hear this. Samuel L. Jackson's wife joins John Legend. Uh, thousands of more magic. Oh, okay. I heard about this. Uh, magic Johnson, one of the greatest of all time. We were just talking about Lakers. Uh, everybody loves magic, magic, incredible businessman. Condolences to magic. I believe his father just passed, um, which is one of those situations. Magic is, you know, mid middle aged. Uh, his father was an older gentleman and, um, beautiful. I, I look at the positive in the situation. Obviously it is heartbreaking. It is difficult to lose somebody, but to for everybody to experience the example of what a great father can do for their child with the investment of love and education and character. That's something I was missing growing up, ladies and gentlemen. So I am always in awe of an example of somebody being a great father. Condolences out to Magic and his family. Um, but I imagine that there's a lot of celebrating that man's life. Uh, Magic Johnson's father, because... The evidence is just there. The evidence is there. You raise somebody who was known as one of the greatest uh, athletes and talents that basketball has ever seen. And I love the evolution of a human being. I love the evolution of man. 
You can think about it from fucking Neanderthals to whatever we are right now. Or you could even understand the microcosm, the ability that uh, somebody has with the right opportunities and the right guidance to transform themselves. Basketball is very important. Basketball is extremely important in the culture that I grew up in. It's a, it's a beautiful sport. Being healthy, moving around is extremely important. But the maturity and the evolution of uh, Irvin Johnson from athlete to business magnate. You understand what I'm saying? That is such a leap. It's so impressive. It's an example. I'm sure everybody's very aware that him having his father to guide him, to raise him, to love him in his life is a huge contributing factor uh, to why Magic has had such great success. So, you know, shouts out to Magic, shouts out to his father, the great legacy that he left. Um, and go motherfucking Lakers, baby. Go motherfucking Lakers, baby. Let me refresh this because I don't got no goddamn more stories. You know what I'm saying? Just had to pause the recording and now I'm speaking very lowly. That's going to be the rest of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have an inside voice because my daughter is down for a nap and she's, I don't know what happens to a child when they turn two years old. They just lose their fucking mind. <laughs> lose their fucking mind. It's like she's in love with chaos. I I guess I'm assuming I'm not a child psychologist. Um, I actually have very little education, ladies and gentlemen, and you've invested thought into me. Um, but I'm assuming here, just trying to put two and two together that maybe that is a part of necessary developmental qualities in a human being. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like all the Che Guevara revolutionary instincts come out at two years old. That's where that shit is formed. Because it feels like anything that she's supposed to be doing, she's not. And my daughter's very bright too. People would just kind of try to attribute that to the gap in communication. She understands what she's doing. My daughter has this tendency to go and look for cups or her bottle, anything that has liquid in it, and unscrew the top and pour it on the ground. Then look at me and say, uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't call my daughter a dick, but she, she's being a dick. And what's worse about it is I think for her age, she's not yet two years old. She's you know displaying all of the tendencies and symptoms of the terrible twos very early. Uh, I think she knows she's being a dick because it's the delay when she looks at me, she's holding back a smirk and then she says, uh-oh. And then she'll even, if I don't have a negative response, if I say, that's okay, we'll clean it, she, it'll make her upset. Like she was intending to piss me the fuck off. It's incredible. It is incredible. Um, <laughs> I could either attribute that to uh, that she, terrible twos is around the corner or that she's a woman. Um, oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Is it still Women's Appreciation Month? Don't let me do it. Don't let me do it. Um. No. <laughs> I talk so much shit about women. What would I be without a woman? I was talking to my mom. I was talking to my mother, man. I had a dream with my mother. I had a dream with my mom last night. And the dream, we were somewhere. And it was my mother and her friend Lisa. And I had important things to do. There was important things. I was under some type of pressure for whatever reason. And I was trying to focus on the pressure. And for whatever reason, I decided in a moment where I would need to focus and execute to bring my mother along and her friend in this dream. I don't want to call it a nightmare, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to be positive. Love for all women. But 
If I was a logical human being and if it wasn't a dream, if I was in this physical reality, I don't think I would do that. And in the dream, I'm trying to get these things done. And my mom is just being my mother. She's just like fucking <laughs> looking for ways to interrupt the flow of me achieving whatever the fuck is important that I have to get done. And I told my mother that. And uh, I always appreciate when people can be honest with themselves. It is the easiest route for me to reconcile any anything that I may be disgruntled with. I text my mom. I was like, yo, I had a dream with you. She's like, what, what, what was going on? I was like, it was nothing bad. We were somewhere. I was trying to get something important done. And you were with Lisa. And you guys were like, you were bothering me, like intentionally. She's like, yeah, we could be distracting. Like, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Nobody is motherfucking perfect as long as you can be honest with what you are. I think that's okay. I think that's a righteous quality. So shout out to my mom uh, for admitting that. I call that progress. What the fuck am I talking about? Um, I'm not going to read any more news. I'm just going to sit here and talk to you guys. I'm going to freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you love... Everybody loves a good freestyle, like an actual freestyle. You know? From where I'm from, a freestyle is like the highest level of genius that you could produce in poetry. Somebody who, off the top of their motherfucking head, just spits out cohesive rhymes and bars. It's such an incredible talent. You see it from every now and again. You see somebody... You know, going to like Funk Flex and it's an actual freestyle. Most of it is written and that's still a great art form. Freestyle is not only just off the top of the brain. People understand that definition as well. Freestyle is just like it's not written in song form. It's not like, you know, 16 bars. Like it is, you know, just letting it flow. It's free. That's the style of it. But the freestyle I'm talking about is like off the top of the motherfucking head. That shit is crazy when people could do that. I love it. I love it. Um, and that's, that's what I'm going to do. I have nothing to talk about. I have nothing to talk about, but, you know, philosophical belief of mine, when there is nothing for you to grasp on, no information, when there is nothing around you for reference, that is where magic happens. Let's, ladies and gentlemen, that is the root of creativity. Let's bring it back to whatever religion you believe in. Are you a Scientologist? Are you a, <laughs> are you a Christian? Do you believe in the Big Bang? Do you think the Big Bang was what the Bible described? That there was nothingness and then God spoke and there was something. I think that's all. It's all true. It's all true to, you know, depending on how you look at it, there was nothing. And creativity came from the nothing. That's how it has to start. It has to start with nothingness. Does that make sense? Oh, Lord. Um, what should we talk about? Today's Sunday. Today is motherfucking Sunday. Sunday, fun day, football Sunday. Beautiful. It's a beautiful Sunday. Today in Atlanta, it is crisp and it is cold. I fight with myself internally because I, I do want to go somewhere uh, and live somewhere permanently that is nice year round. That has mostly sun exposure. I know that there's going to be some type of weather. I know there's no perfection as it pertains to weather, but I, that, that's always been kind of like the thing in my heart that's been calling me, like, go live somewhere where there's a lot of sun, where there's not that many seasonal changes, or the seasonal changes are not that drastic, but then what you miss is the contrast, because it's like, today is a Sunday in Atlanta, it's chilly, it's gray, it's overcast, but it's beautiful, there's a nuanced beauty in this chilly-ass motherfucking Sunday 
that I missed. When I was in Los Angeles, I lived there for like five years. The seasons in Los Angeles, you got fake ass seasons out there. Got some fake motherfucking seasons. The summertime ain't summer. It's just like if you opened a, an oven after it's been preheating on 500 degrees, you open that oven. That is the weather in Los Angeles during the summertime. You know, the springtime is pretty nice, but it's dry. Probably like 70s, goes up to 80s, time to time. The winter is not really a winter. It's just like gray. Or if you do get sun, you know, the smog is just like covering the fucking sun exposure to your skin. So it it's bright. I guess you could call it bright, but it's just like, it's almost like snow blind. You're not really experiencing the sunshine directly it's through all that fucking pollution. And that could get very fucking depressing. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's like vampire weather out there. You know, if vampires, uh, understanding that vampires can't get direct sunlight... They moved to Los Angeles. They moved to Los Angeles because all of that pollution, they can be in daylight, technically, but they're not getting any actual fucking sun on their skins. They're not going to burn up. They're all that goddamn pollution. Just barrier in between them and Amun-Ra, right? How did all those, you know, vampires, Frankenstein, I think everything is rooted in a subconscious psychological interpretation of this living experience. So I think all of those, like the boogeyman, and all the, these are just manifestations and kind of microcosmic uh, examples or artistic expressions of the things that we naturally fear as human beings. You know what I mean? <laughs> the idea of a vampire sucking your blood, your life force. It's just somebody who's scared of people with bad energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> And he was so fucking petrified and sick in his brain that he just over, you know what I mean? Overly created that fear, right? I wonder as well when human beings are going to, the way I understand fear from a scientific standpoint, we have these two little testicles in our brain. They look like balls. And I think they're called the pons, P-O-N-S, if I am correct. And then the back of our head, and that is like the fear center. That's what, you know, controls our reaction to things that make us in that fight or flight mode, you know, and stores the necessary memory of like, oh, I should be afraid of this in our brain, which is an, it's an important function for survival. You want to be afraid of things. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're walking around your house, your head cocked up and you're whistling and you, you have that fatest event that we've all experienced you just stub the in between of your fucking toes on a corner of a table or some shit like that you want that stored in your brain that should terrify you because that's such a fucking it's not even just the pain that you feel it's how annoying that shit is you know if you've ever experienced a paper cut you don't want to fear paper illogically but you want to learn the paper is motherfucking sharp depending on how you hold that shit right i wonder though if we can get to an amalgamation of enough information in the human psyche, in the collective human psyche, that, you know, as a group, the human race no longer needs the function of fear because we have compiled such irrefutable evidence of how to navigate this living experience without hurting ourselves. Do we get to that period and then fear is non-factor? You know what I mean? It's like thinking about human evolution 
characteristics of the old world of when people were not homo sapiens yet, I assume we were bigger and stronger. And as we evolve and create technologies that kind of bridge the gap between human beings needing to be the force that causes an effect. Now we have machines, artificial intelligence, and all these other things. You can see that human beings over time change physiologically, right? So would that occur with the fear centers in the brain? Would they shrink? And could that happen in a person's lifetime? I'm getting deep down this motherfucking rabbit hole, ladies and gentlemen. In a person's lifetime, could they evolve and compile enough information where fear is no longer a factor? Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm like this. Um, I've always been like this, though. You know, I think in the same way that consciousness is fleeting, where I've used this analogy in the past, your vision is a very strong sensory receptor, your eyeballs, sensory receptor. We understand this as vision that allows you to interpret the light and the dimensions and the physical reality around you. And consciousness is very much like this because we have eyeballs. That's the machine that takes in all the information visually. But in order for those eyeballs to work through the duration of an entire human life, those eyeballs got to be moist. You got to have wet eyeballs. You got dry eyeballs. That's no good for, you know what I'm saying? Seeing, for the act of seeing. So a function that is developed through the evolution of man is that you blink. And when you blink, your eyeballs get a little bit more of that eyeball fluid. I don't know, you know, you call it tears. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you need wet eyeballs. And the function of blinking, which is a very microscopic relatively to, you know, when you are awake and your eyes are open, that blink, that even though it's not drastically perceptible, that is a gap in vision. You know, when you blink, your eyes close, you're blind for that millisecond that you blink. And consciousness is very much like that. I like to think that uh, consciousness is a little bit more extreme. The blinks last a little bit longer. They last a lot longer. Maybe it, they even last for fucking years sometimes. Not in the entirety of your awareness or your consciousness, but certain areas. Like the, I started that all to say, I kind of, as I get older and become more self-aware, the things that I thought I was growing into being or developing characteristics, I start remembering I've always been like this. I was a weird fucking kid. <laughs> And maybe for like fucking 5, 10, 15 years, I lost that consciousness of who or what I actually am. And as I mature and I start to remember, work out my past with clarity, with like an adult, mature, emotionally mature perspective, not just, oh, this was bad or this was good. Understand the nuance of it all. I could really have a clear understanding of who I was and it's pretty motherfucking consistent. I've always been like this. <laughs> I've always been like this. I think about like the things I used to watch when I was a child. I was a kid. I was a fucking kid. Like seven years old, my favorite show was Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. I loved that show. I, I loved... This is before the internet was in everybody's palm. Before 
technology permitted people to go down rabbit holes. And I was already fucking tuned into the goddamn future. I knew where it was going, apparently. At seven years old, I was watching Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction. If you don't know what this show was, it was this guy who would sit there and give you these premises. They would reenact events. And it would be maybe, I, I think if I remember correctly, like four events that were all incredibly ridiculous. It's just like full of anomalies, full of unexplainable cliffhangers, mystery, paranormal, um, all these types of things. And it would be your job as the viewer to guess which one of those events was real. I think two of them were real and two of them were fake. I loved this motherfucking show. I loved it. And you would sit there and you know, whether you got it right or wrong, it was just so entertaining for the personality type I had to parallel things. They were all unbelievable events. And it, it was just kind of like exposing my brain to how strange life is. And that was my interest as a fucking child was I reincarnated from some old, boring son of a bitch. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I've always been like this. My mother said that when I was a child, I would catch temper tantrums. Uh, I grew up in the hood, ladies and gentlemen. My mother was just trying to help me. I'm second generation from the hood. My mother grew up on 125th Street, Manhattanville Projects in the 80s. Not nice. She was trying to help me acclimate to my neighborhood by telling me to untuck my shirt. <laughs> Matt, you're a child. You're going to the park. Your shirt don't need to be tucked in. And I will have a temper tantrum. The way I, I like to dress myself, I always was like very conscious of matching and I wanted to tuck my shirt into my pants. It would be like a polo shirt. There's pictures of this. Me with a polo shirt tucked into my pants and I would flip the collar up. I'm like, I was a fucking douchebag at five. Like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? I wonder that, though, you know, I think that's a natural journey. I don't know if everybody achieves the self-realization aspect of it. I don't know if everybody matures to the point, does the self-work to go back to who they naturally are. But I imagine that we all start off as something and then life becomes for a very long time in this period that we call development, whether that be physical or mental, psychological development, we become influenced, educated, and we gain reference memories and experiences that color the character that we portray. And I wonder you know, how many people actually get around to accepting all that reference, it's important information, accepting all of those memories, understanding that is a part of them, but separating themselves from all of that learned behavior and getting back to who they actually were. I wonder, because I feel like that is a real journey of freedom. I think there's a lot of suffering because people don't know who they actually are. It's identification to maybe groups, ethnicities, geography, cultures, and that's not who you are. You came out the fucking twat, you were, you were something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you walked out the fucking Stargate, you were something. There was a person that I see with my daughter so much. I'm, I think it's going to be my role. You know, we're talking about great fathers. I, I, that's a, a huge aim of mine in my life, to be a great father. And I think, I believe, the best way outside of providing outlets for her to be educated, exposing her to arts and travel 
and a safe, loving environment outside of those things, which are kind of like prerequisites that these are the musts of parenting. Outside of that, I think a lot of it is helping her stay herself. You know what I mean? Like helping her be what she is. That's a big thing that people talk about a lot now. Um, I, keep, I think it even ties into what I was talking about before. I was talking about Panama City Beach and the fact that children need education and adults need information, right? And right now in society, it seems like we're just giving kids information and we're providing adults with education. It's really backwards. It's really fucking strange where the news would give you opinions and spin information uh, all with this seeming purpose to infantilize or, you know, every adult needs like a spoonful of sugar before they hear their bias, before they hear their echo chamber. Nobody can just ingest information nowadays. It's a, it's a problem, I think, in our culture. And with children, I feel like they're just over inundating children with all these fucking options and information. And that's dangerous because their faculties aren't even fucking developed. They're not even developed fully mentally. And, you know, like I saw this video and this is without bias and opinion. I truly believe that every man and woman or however you self-identify should be free to do whatever you want if you are not hurting somebody and you're not hurting yourself, right? So if you're not trying to commit suicide or murder somebody or spread hate, then you should be free to do whatever the fuck you want. I had an incredible experience. I went to Thailand and I saw in their culture, they're not emotionally immature where there are men who identify as women. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody's judging them. Nobody's looking like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Nobody cares. They're just letting people be people, right? I think that's how society should operate. People should be people. What I take issues with in this country, and I saw this video, is this little boy who... It was almost as if he was acting out training to be appalled and offended because he wanted to wear makeup and um, assume this character of like a sexual orientation in elementary school, which is crazy. It's crazy. When I was in elementary school, sex was not in my brain. Sex was not in my brain. If somebody has, who's a male who inherently has feminine qualities, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that there was a little boy with makeup on his face. That, to me, is the issue in society right now where you have people who are adults that are being fed education and rules and parameters by which they can think. That's what should be happening with the children versus giving children information and just saying, do what you want with it. I remember this great movie I saw growing up. It's a great example. Adam Sandler. Everybody loves Adam Sandler. He's a fucking genius. He's a fucking genius. Every movie he does feels like a goddamn hit. One of my favorite, one of his hits was Big Daddy. And in the movie, it's this guy who it's his, he's taking on the role of being an adopted parent and through the chaos and falling in love with this child, learns he has to reform himself and create boundaries and rules by which this child operates because the child, if they were left to their own devices, would eventually hurt themselves because they're children. And so like the example that I remember in this movie is like he was trying to uh, 
let the child dress himself. And so the kid was just wearing whatever the fuck he wanted outside. And he thought that was like a cool thing. Kid was wearing duck boots with a fucking snorkel. And you know what I'm saying? Like all this shit outside in the park. And people were looking at him like he's crazy. And he's like, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And that just continued on to then he had a parent teacher meeting. And the teacher was like, your kid is peeing in plants. He doesn't shower. You know, the things that would happen naturally if you didn't raise or educate the child, put parameters by which the, the way that they should behave. If you just gave them a whole bunch of information and said, you do something with it. That should be the reality for adults. When you're 18 and older, do whatever the fuck you want to do if you're not hurting anybody. But for children to put these ideas on a child, and I, I think it comes from, I, li- I don't like to look at it in the way that people who oppose this, they take like a religious stance, a moral stance. I'm really trying to mature myself and understand why people do the way the things that they do. I really do think the people that are placing these ideals on children are doing so um, with an intention that isn't bad. It isn't evil. It isn't evil. It's coming from a place of trying to fight and uh, gain acceptance of a political or uh moral idealism of inclusivity but it's just being done the wrong way like of course we should live in a society where no laws impede a person's choice to do whatever the fuck we should live in a society that if somebody wants to wear what they want identify as what they want dress how they want act how they want that shouldn't impede their progress in society but to then take children and make them almost like a weapon in that fight for equality is damaging because children don't need information and then to be left with their own, you know what I'm saying? You, you decide. They need to be taught how to operate. And it has to be somewhat rigid. It has to be somewhat rigid. The most important things need to be education, need to be obedience, need to be respect, need to be not, you know, what I saw in this video, this little boy, it's not no judgment of the little boy, where he, where he, who he is or who he's going to be in the future, but just doesn't make sense. Like I come from an old, I guess it's an old school thought that a great way to um, educate children, there was a great implementation in public schools or private schools where they made them wear uniforms. That wasn't to steal the individuality of the children. It was to teach them a uniform discipline. That everybody has to go through uh, this rigor and this discipline together because they're children. They don't know better. And I wonder, you know, if we continue down this trend of allowing, after presenting children with such grand concepts like your sexual, before they have sexual urges, their sexual preference, before they're developed hormonally where they could reproduce who they want to have sex with or what gender they want to identify as before. You know what I'm saying? Like in that extreme case, if we continue down that path, where does that end? Do we then allow children to self-identify as engineers with no engineering experience? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Is that going to happen? Is it going to be prejudiced not to give a degree to somebody who didn't earn it? I don't know. Once again, I don't say this from a moral standpoint. I'm just thinking about it logically. Like, you know, children need education. They don't need information. And adults need 
information, without the spin, without the opinion, without the education, the spoonful of sugar, and the infantilizing that goes on with, you know, feels like every fucking news station. Just my motherfucking opinion, ladies and gentlemen, I always tell you guys this. This is the Nothing Important Podcast. I created it. I'm the host. I'm not, my intention here is to express something that I believe is true. I'm not married to any of my ideas. I also don't think I'm the fucking supreme truth on the planet. I'm just speaking my mind with an intention of being honest. So if it doesn't align with you and it offends you, what I don't want to do is create division. What I don't want to do is trigger. What I don't want to do is, you know what I'm saying? Like cause these wars in people's minds that they have with people that they never met. I don't, I don't want to, you don't have to listen. But if you agree, you agree. If you disagree, I'm always open. I'm always open for the convo motherfucking station. Ladies and gentlemen, you ain't seeing what's going on. This is what happens when you don't have anything to talk about. You just think, try it. Three little birdies on your doorstep. It's Sunday. It's beautiful. I really hope everybody's having a great Sunday. I actually know that even if you think you're not having a good day, it is a good day. You're alive. Go breathe. It's fucking wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, if you continue listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to the Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.